Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Moving the Stitches. As always, I'm your host with my co-host, Chase Olschwanger. What's going on? And, uh, oh, I'm your host, Brady Wilson. Did I say that part? No. Uh, okay, well, I'm Brady Wilson, if you didn't know who I am. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, it's been an interesting week of sports. Um, as Cowboy fans, we got the, to some people, dubious, to some people, exciting news that Mike McCarthy's back. Uh, we had some baseball signings, the Hall of Fame ballots, some NBA stuff, some crazy NBA stuff. But we're going to start with Dallas Stars. Uh, since we last talked, they're 28. Now they're 28, 13, and 6. Third in the Central, fourth in the West. It hasn't changed. They beat uh, what we called, uh, we affectionately call them the Pink Wings. Uh, the Red Wings, 5-4 to four yesterday. And it's a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, Wyatt Johnson had some crazy moves. Odd had a big save. It's crazy that Johnson's not much older than me. And they are older than him. Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> What are we doing with our lives, Chase? Yeah, right. Um, and then we got home versus the Ducks at 7 o'clock tomorrow. So, I mean, the Stars are they're doing better than the Mavs. They're being a lot more consistent, I think, with their success. Well, yeah, it's been a trend since I think we first started talking about the Stars season. It's been, well, they're here, and they've kind of stayed here, which is good. Yeah, you know, I, I'll take it. I'm there's not... no complaints. I mean, they're staying consistent, which is good, because that's what matters when it comes to playoffs. Yeah, we don't have to be the number one team. Just get in. Yeah, get in. And... We have we have the team that if they if they get in can we have the team that if if, if uh, we can get in you know we can make some noise in the playoffs yeah. definitely um, but yeah I mean stars have been I think the people are talking about the trade deadline and a lot of people are like well, why we don't really need much I mean you can try to maybe upgrade in some areas I mean, if you can add without getting rid of you know players sure you know there's nothing but there's nothing to Nothing wrong, with really. Yeah, nothing wrong with hitting a, maybe a bench piece, but there's just, yeah, you don't want to mess with it. it it's, this this kind of feels like a don't mess with the success, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I agree. Yeah, it starts from playing well. Um, and then speaking of those Mavs, 24-19, so that, that gap is closing between the wins and the losses. They're now eighth in the West, uh, two-game losing streak. They lost the Lakers, and they lost, they lost to Boston. They face the Suns tonight, to, tomorrow night. Tonight. At, or it is tonight, yeah. yes. I'm sorry. I have That'd be pretty stars. interesting if the Stars and the Mavericks were playing at home at the same time. That'd be interesting. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. That <laughs> would be, I, I just realized that, yeah, that would be a very um, unenjoyable experience for some. <laughs> I don't know. What, it, it, would it be harder to pl- walk on the ice and play basketball on ice, or would it be harder to skate on hardwood? <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to have to go with skate. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> uh, but the Mavs have just been eh. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. They've been eh. They've been they've show games where you're like, wow, this team could beat anybody in the league, and then they show games where it's uh, they they can't beat anybody. In the league. They yeah. couldn't beat anybody. So it's I think it's frustrating as Mass fans because at least we would like some more consistency from our team. And what yeah. have you been seeing? I, I, it's not that I've been seeing because I've been seeing whatever. I've seen good, thing, good things. I've seen bad things. It's more like what I'm waiting to see and what every other Mavs fan is waiting to see because after these pathetic performances, it's like, why have we not made a move yet? There's guys out there that are looking to be traded, that teams are looking to trade, and the Mavs haven't, I mean, from what we know, haven't tried. I'm sure they're out there, and I'm sure they've offered stuff, but it's just been a, it's been a trend for the Mavs not to pursue things. Um, you know, outside of Kyrie, outside of Porzingis, where can you like really think of a, you know, a big free agent signing, right? Right. Um. So, I don't know. I'm I'm still holding out hope that we do something that can benefit the team because, as we've said every week, when you have Luca and Kyrie on your team, as long as they're healthy, you can win versus anybody. Yeah. Now it's adding around and putting the pieces around to be successful later down the stretch. And it's it's 
having lively, I think, is one of the most important parts of this yeah. team, having that having that presence. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, I think for the Mavs, again, I, I'm going to keep preaching it, just need more consistency. Either, and right now they're kind of just, again, eh. Mm-hmm. The again, they'll have games where Luca and Kyrie they go off, and the bench players go off, and everybody sings "Kumbaya" and we have a great game. And then there's some games where everyone just kind of falls flat. Or I mean, Luca's still spectacular. I mean, another thirty point triple double. But it was I a mean, bad game. Yeah, he had a bad game, and he still had thirty three, eighteen, and thirteen. Like, which is it's crazy. But you watch the game, and you're like, wow, he really didn't play that good, and he still had these crazy stats, but. I don't know. There's, I mean, you said lively. You know, being on the floor is a huge piece, which is, is correct. And we don't have when he's not on the floor. We don't have that guy to look at to be like that true anchor that can score, that can rebound. That we don't have that guy. And there's been talks for the Mavs that they're looking to pursue Washington's Kyle Kuzma and Daniel Gafford. Um, Gafford would be a, you know, he's a starting center on a lot of teams. But for us, he would be a guy that you bring off the bench that can go out there score. And, you know, really hold down the fort while Lively's on the bench or while he's hurt or whatever, right? And then Kuzma brings that, you know, defense, a little bit of defensive presence. Yeah. Um, not really what we're looking for when it comes to defense, but, you know, gives you that size and the three and the four and also can score. It gives you another option. So I would love to see the Mavs pursue both of them. Um, there's been, you know, a lot of talks going after everyone. Miles Bridges, you know, I don't know if, you know, Cuban wants to get in that mess with, you know, with Bridges, but... When you look at it just from a basketball perspective, I'd love to have him on our team. Yeah, I mean, I wish the Mavs could go back into about, what, 2013, 2014 and clone Andre Drummond <laughs> and bring him to the present. We need that because we don't really need scoring. That's the one thing is we, we kind of have scoring. We need defense. We need rebounding. We, we need those other things yeah. besides points that matter yeah. a lot. I mean, we went to the U, the UNT versus a Tulane game, and we out-rebounded them how badly? Yeah, it was like, and it I can was, remember like 46 and 19 or yeah, something like that. And, and we beat them pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, it, rebounding is, I mean, anyone who's ever played any kind of organized basketball, whether it was YMCA or they've played NBA, will know rebound, the, you, you learned rebounding is very important. Mm-hmm. And re, in, in basketball, it's rebounding. I'd say in, in baseball, it's errors. In football, it's turnover battle. In hockey, maybe the turnover battle, maybe power play. Yeah, just power play stuff. So, yeah, basketball's version of that is you know the whole coach saying if we get this, we win. It's rebounds. And it all revolves around defense winning championships. You know, yeah, defense. All, all those you know baseball with errors, hockey with power. You know, not having defensive turnovers or off, you know, whatever. Right. It all revolves around defense, and it all revolves around protecting the paint, protecting teammate. You know, stuff like that. Defense does win championships, and the Mavs have some defense but need it to get better, mm-hmm. I think. But in the shocking NBA news um, of the day, and I think it was funny because the previous night, I think the Bucks had won a game, and they were 30-13. and 13. And so I remember going, I go, I, I fall asleep to SportsCenter every night, you know. I think it's kind of funny that, you know, that people fall asleep to their comfort show. I fall asleep to SportsCenter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way to keep up with college basketball there, and everything. But yeah, but with the, the Bucks, I remember watching it going, man, these Bucks are really good. I mean, Lillard is, you know, playing at a high level still, and Giannis is Giannis, and they're just, they're playing at a really high level right now. And I wake up to the news that um, their coach is fired. And um, Adrian Griffin, 30 and 13 start. I don't know how many times it's happened in NBA history, but my my bet would be zero. Uh, Especially after he, this is his first year on a four-year deal. Yeah. So, there have been some rumblings about 
losing the locker room, the old cliche, the little words, you know, he's lost the locker room, There's they've lost faith, whatever it is, they kind of made themselves a joke, I think, in a lot of fans' eyes by hiring Doc Rivers, who is a good coach. He's a good coach. But he can't, he's kind of like Dusty Baker. He's a good one, really good one. But he just has trouble when the lights get brighter. And he will get outcoached. And he will get outcoached and he will get outmanaged. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's, you know, he, he he's a really good one, but he has yet to prove he can win. This is Dusty Baker before Astros, by the way. <laughs> um, he has yet to prove that he can win the big one. And it may not be that the playoffs are just brighter. I, I don't know if when it comes to athletes, this goes for basketball, football, baseball, hockey, whatever. I'm curious to know, because we as fans and we as what, and we as the, something happened? Oh, it was just, I'll oh, save it for NFL sorry. news. Oh, okay. and when we, as talking heads, when we talk about it, we, we, we know, we like to use those, I'm trying to see what, what happened. But oh, it was just Vic Fangio oh. and the Dolphins parting ways. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hey, um, well, dang it, he runs a 3-4. Anyway, sorry, back to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my, but. I don't know if the playoffs get brighter. We like to say as the talking heads, do the playoffs get brighter? Do they, these guys, they crumble in the big moments. I don't know if it's crumbling in the big moments. I think it's one of those, it's not so much he can't coach in the big games, it's just we more we scrutinize him more highly because it's a big game. So he just, but he can't win it. Mm-hmm. Notorious for, for no. doing bad things in the playoffs. But People look at him as a great coach because of that Boston Celtics team. Yeah, but no. I mean, look, look at the team he had. I mean, I know I'm, I'm with you. I think he's a good coach too. But. I think he. I think he's a good, solid coach that can win you a lot of. He kind of feels like McCarthy with the Cowboys. He's a good coach that can win you a lot of regular season games, but when you put him in the playoffs, it just it sputters. Sure, but it's a good um, comparison. I, I'm curious what you think of everything. Yeah, I mean, I think the firing was a little odd, but I mean, listen, as a as an organization, as a business, you want nothing but success, right? And if players are unhappy and, you know, you always think about the potential of them leaving or whatever. So you want to give your players the benefit of the doubt and make them happy, make them want to stay and want to win. Right. So clearly, you know, the front offices that were noticing, uh, you know, some, something off and despite the record had to do something. And yeah. it looks like, you know, well, not looks like they did something and we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how the players react. We'll see how, uh, you know the team going team go uh, team goes forward. The thing is, is this will be even more eyes and more underneath the the scope of things because if Rivers comes in, because you're gonna have to learn. I don't know how different their systems are and how and what they run, but you have to kind of learn. I would assume at least somewhat of a new system of things, unless he's gonna come in and I don't I don't picture Doc Rivers coming in and saying you guys do what you were doing because clearly what you were doing you were winning, but you don't like the other guy, right? So you felt you needed a change. I don't know if that was schematically. Clearly, I don't think it was 30 and 13, but also you have a lot of talent on the roster. Learning a new system, learning a new coach midseason rarely goes well for anybody. And I think that that's what I think if I was a Bucks fan, I'd be worried about is either it's one of two things. Either something was so wrong this early in the, I mean, it's still pretty early in the season. Well, we're, not, we're about half, almost half. Halfway? Right? Yeah, we're about halfway. Halfway. Okay, so about halfway through the year, I still think of it as January. I forget that the basketball season goes till like... Yeah, more than yeah. halfway, actually, if you look at it. The playoffs take like two months. I forget that. Yeah. So I think the playoffs is like June. Yeah. But anyway, 
that you clearly thought you had to, you had to get you had to make a change that was so drastic that you could not wait the rest of the year to do it, which is either you are a bad organization that just made a very bad decision, very impulsive decision, which the Bucks have never shown us to be that, or you are making the correct decision and you realized if we're not going to get into the playoffs with what we're doing right now. And we need a more experienced coach. That's possible. That's very possible. But it it definitely was very abrupt. It mm-hmm. definitely was waking up going, I'm reading that right? Yeah. You know, having to— Just a know, surprise. But I will tell you this. The Bucks will not take any BS from Doc Rivers. I'll tell you that. He is going to coach them. And yeah. maybe that's what their missing piece was. I mean, I know they won a championship, two, you know, three years ago, whatever, two years ago. But that's the difference what, from what I can tell just off of, a, you know, just looking at them. Adrian Griffin and Doc Rivers, you know that Doc Rivers isn't going to let them do anything that, you know, he wouldn't do, right? He, right. He's not going to let them boss him around. It's right. Doc Rivers is going to be bossing them around. It, in, a, in, a good, in a coaching way, in, obviously. It, in, in a way that Bo, I think Bochy does, and I'm not comparing Rivers to Bruce Bochy, but I'm just saying that in that they have a, he, right. has, he does have a ring. You can't argue with a ring. He does have a lot of coaching experience. He does have a lot of experience taking teams to the playoffs. So he does have some skins on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe they respect that. Yep. You know, I think athletes do respect that. I mean, I remember reading articles about, I think it was Heaney, was talking about when Bruce Bochy walked into spring training and said that this was a championship ball club. You you, you go, sure, yeah, you believe him because he's seen it three different times, you know, so. Yeah, just like how you mentioned um, last week, well, moving certain guys that were starters all year to the pen. Yeah. Well, you go, you go with it. It works. You go with you it because you, you trust. It's, it's, you have to, I think sometimes coaches forget that, when you're coaching up somebody, whether it's a kid, whether it's a professional athlete, if you want them to buy in, you, you do have to make the correct decision more often than not so that they can see, all right, when this guy says this, it usually is for a good reason, and it usually works out. That is when you get players that are coachable. I I knew a lot. Of, I mean, I had teammates that were, um, a lot of people would say they were not very coachable people maybe, but if... Maybe some. And I'm not calling the coaches out. I'm just saying that if you get players, that you need you need them to respect coaching. You need them to respect good decision making. And when you don't have that, you may have what the Bucks had. It's possible. So, and then other NBA news: Terry Rozier to the Heat. Mm-hmm. That's pretty notable. I mean, take it away, Chase. Yeah. No, I think it's a good deal for both teams with the Heat. You know, playoff contenders. Um, you know, who knows how far they, they always tend to go, you know, far in the playoffs. But uh, good for the Heat, good for the Hornets. The Heat got, you know, their guard. What is this? Oh, wow. wow. We'll talk about it in a second. It's football stuff again, but. Yeah. No, anyways, um, the Heat got their, you know, their starting point guard. And that's good for them. They needed another playmaker, needed another scorer. Um, they have like four really good scorers now. So that's something that it's going to be good in the playoffs. But yeah. for the Hornets, you know, of a guy like Terry Rozier coming up on 30 years old or maybe 30 years old now on a, you know, big expiring contract, getting a first round pick. And for a guy that you're not even going to bring back in the first place, it's good for it's a good deal for the Hornets. They're not going anywhere this year. They don't need Rozier's talent. So to get a first round pick, good deal for both teams. Maximize the talent before you have to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, kind of what the Dolphins should have, not the Dolphins, the Panthers should have with Brian Burns, who's going to leave. And they had two first round picks on the table and didn't take them. <laughs> anyway. And I believe that's it for basketball. Yeah. And uh, it is now my time to continue to remind you that the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. And we had some baseball news. We had some baseball stuff happen. The Hall of Fame um, was the thing that happened yesterday. And I was 
Very excited to hear that three new men were elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. All guys that I wanted to. And, yes, they were definitely all guys that I wanted to. And that would be Adrian Beltre, former Ranger. Beltre, obviously, is a Hall of Famer. There is no way he's not. The fact that if you saw my story, you saw that there are 19 people that did not vote for him. (laughs) I don't understand how you don't vote for Adrian Beltre. But we don't look at that anymore because guess what? He's in. I know that, but it (laughs) bugs me because there were legit people who have legitimate votes that said, no, I'm I'm not going to vote for Beltre. You know, I just, no, I'm not going to do that. And I think that's what bugs me is that there are people who looked at Adrian Beltre and said, no, I'm not a Hall of Famer. But yet they were probably people, the same people that said Derek Jeter was a Hall of Famer. Bellatre was better than Jeter. And then you had Todd Helton, career Rocky, great Hall of Fame loves the career guys. It was one of the biggest knocks on McGriff, and it was one of the biggest knocks on Sheffield. And I hate this knock. Well, they played for a lot of teams. So that, that means that, I mean, I can point to Sheffield was dumped in most cases. It's not like he thing with McGriff. He was being traded, I think, most of the time. Well, what's the definition of a lot of teams? That's Five. the thing. Yeah, that's the thing is McGriff played for what Blue Jays, Rays, Braves, I think Padres. I think there was maybe one more in there. So you played for multiple teams. But I think it's one of those the Hall of Fame likes to be able to say they like to associate the people with a team. Yeah. Right. It's why there are very few guys with no hat. What do, you, long, what do you associate Beltre with? Rangers. Of course. Right. But, right. But he played for multiple he teams. He played for multiple teams, but. I mean the jumping around. Like, you play two years here, four years here, three years here, four years here. Beltre went, first part, his career is in sections. It's in four different sections. Dodgers section, the Mariners, the little clip in Boston, and then Rangers. But it was, I, I don't like the knock, but clearly, you know, two guys were voted in that never played for any other team besides when they were, you know, I guess either drafted to or the one they broke in with. Yeah. Helton deserved it. Um, I have said now for a while now that... Um, if you're going to use Coors Field to knock Helton, let's use Yankee Stadium to knock left-handed hitters. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to use ballparks, you can't use Coors Field and then refuse to use other ballparks. Let's help. Let, let's let's give a boost to the hitters that played in the Polo Grounds. How many home runs did they get taken away by that center field? And yeah. then how many home runs did they get added the by the right. short right center field by, yeah. by the short right fields and left field? So it, that's the part is that if you're going you can't in my opinion using a ballpark to penalize a player is very stupid when it comes to the hall of fame Mm -hmm. especially when his road splits i believe in some cases were better than his home splits so you don't even have the argument the course field benefited him so what even if it did so what he had the numbers how many other guys have played in course field they didn't have those numbers so clearly he was doing something right anyway joe mauer got in First year, he he deserved it. I, I, it was funny that a lot of people, when he retired, said, well, he's the Hall of Very Good. A lot of people said that. A lot of people said he's not a Hall of Famer. And I think as time has gone on, and we've it, it, this is why we don't— it was the, one of the best parts about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think this goes for all the Hall of Fames, too. There's a waiting period. It gives you time to forget their accomplishments and then revisit them with, an, with eyes that— did not just watch him retire, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's, it, you know, sometimes when guys retire, it's, well, he's a, he's a definite Hall of Famer. But then you look at his numbers five years later, and you're like, not really. 
And there's guys like Maurer where you say, I don't think so. And then you look at his numbers five years later and go, yeah, he, he actually is. I mean, the one knock on Maurer was the fact that he played so many games at first base. I can't remember who it was. It was, an, I think, an 1880s catcher. is the only catcher in the Hall of Fame not with, with, I think, less games than Maurer at catcher. Hmm. And that was because it was the 1800s baseball. Yeah, as Bob Costa said during the announcement, he got to the game on horse and buggy, so he was probably late to a lot of games. That's, you know, I, I don't like that knock on Maurer. It is somewhat valid, because if you're, if you're going to argue that he's one of the best hitting catchers, which he is, he's one of the better ones, but he didn't play catcher for a, a large portion of his career, it's tough to make that narrative. But still, three batting titles as a catcher. I believe they said he's had seven batting titles. There's been seven batting titles, one amongst all catchers in history of baseball. He has three. That's all. That's not American mm-hmm. League. That's, he has three of the seven batting titles won by all the catchers in Major League history. So, I mean, that's, you know. Impressive. He was a, and he was a, you know, a good dude. He fits all the criteria. The, he's a good guy. He's got integrity. He's got good character. I hate those clauses, by the way, just if you can't tell by a sarcastic tone. But he's a good guy that really, really deserved it. And he was, he, he had a lot of other qualities, I think, that, you know, leadership, um, his hitting instructions, his those videos, his dad, I believe, invented some kind of device that helped his swing, and then they started, like, showing other kids, here's how you do this, and, you know, he had one of the most beautiful swings ever, and I learned a fun little factoid, and I'm not going to um, impart to everyone listening, and that's Max Scherzer's, you know, everyone knows he has a cutter. Apparently, he learned that cutter because he was playing for the Tigers, not playing for the Twins, so he was seeing him a lot during the year. Mm-hmm. He developed the cutter to get Joe Maurer out because Maurer was so good at bringing his hands in, he did something that just rode in on him. And he still does that cutter today. So I think it's funny that he developed one, he, de- he developed a whole pitch just to get one guy out. Yeah. And he still uses it. I just think, I thought that was really interesting. Other notable votes, um, Billy Wagner fell so close. five votes short. And, uh, you know... Um, 73.8%. And what sucks is we were saying this was his year. I really thought it was his year. The fact that he's not in is a travesty. It's just hard. He's, I mean, dude's, he will a, dude's be a top, what, top 10 reliever of all time? I, I mean, he's the greatest lefty of all time. Greatest left-handed reliever. Yeah. There's, there's no, I can't think of anyone even remotely close. I think maybe Left-handed? Hater will probably be second of all time when he retires. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I again. I mean, Chapman? Chapman is up there. I, I mean, I'm probably there's probably someone really glaring I'm missing, but think of all the great relievers. Think of Roy Fingers. You think of even Al Roy Face within the in the fifties was a right-handed pitcher. Yeah, no. Lee Smith, Bruce Suter, Dennis Eckersley, uh, uh, Goose Gossage. You got Trevor Hoffman, Rivera. Rivera. Yeah, you know. Sorry, I was I was I was yeah. going through list mode, but it, the fact that he's not in it, it, it's it's really bad, and it's a bad bad on everybody. But he'll get in. He will get in. Um, Sheffield, 63.9%. Veterans Committee, first year he's in. Mm-hmm. I, I do not see them not voting him in. I could almost see him being unanimous. And I said this to you when we were talking about this beforehand. If he was a DH his entire career, he'd have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He'd have been up there with Ortiz and Edgar. The problem was is he sucked so bad in the field, and he did not have the DH to play in most of his career. He played with the Yankees and the Braves late in his career. And he played with the Brewers in the first portion of his career when they were still in the American League. So he was a, I think he DH'd in what we saw, 300-something games, 309 games when he was a DH in, out of how many yeah. he played in. So yeah. not even, you know, two years worth. 
of no, not even two years worth of of games. Yeah. Of, of DHing. So I I don't hold the field as much against him. Um, he was a very bad fielder, but he was such a feared bat that I think he that played right there. Put should put him in. He yeah. played for so long. Clearly, he was a good enough hitter for that long to stay in the league. Um, and the, I think the kind of the opposite kind of true for Andrew Jones. His bat fell off hard, but he was still such a great, terrific center fielder that he had jobs until for a long time. And I think Jones is going to be. I think he's two years away. Looking at sixty-one point six percent, he's a little bit away. Yeah. Beltron's trending upward because he's kind of still paying his penance for the Astro scandal. A Rod, I think, went down five percent. A Rod is just it sucks, but he's not going to get in. He's going to be on for ten years. Um, Manny, I think, kind of the same thing. He's thirty-two point five percent. Take that, Bill Bio. Um, I was going to say yeah, but Manny gets in over Beltre. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Chase Utley. Chase Utley's going to. I think he's going to hit a big boom. I think he's going to be the darling because next year. I looked, I, looked, I looked at the candidates. There's really only three names that I think are worthy of my vote, if I'd have a vote. Ichiro's next year. Slam dunk. Unanimous. Slam dunk. The guy, he's the world leader in hits. World leader. If you're counting Japan, he's the world leader in hits. One of the just the most terrific players to ever play the game of baseball. He's, he's in. Okay. Then there's CeCe Sabathia. I say Yes. And same thing with Felix Hernandez. I say yes. And the reason I say yes to both those guys, and someone was making the comparison. Is it Kinsler up for? Kinsler's up next year. And I, I know I've, and I, I, I have said this, so I'm not being a hypocrite here when I say this. I do allow, for if you want to make a biased vote, I think it's okay. I would put him on my ballot because he was my all-time favorite player growing up. He will be on my ballot until he drops off. I love Ian Kinsler. I, I, I will vote for him. <laughs> is he a Hall of Famer? No. He is the quintessent. I think he is the poster child for Hall of very good, should be remembered, but not in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I think the same goes for Pedroia. He had, he had injury problems. Utley is a little bit different. They're all, people could, they're both all through the second basement, so they're going to make the comparisons. That's for a different time. CeCe is, to me, a Hall of Famer. And I think the same thing with, with, um, obviously, I think Andy Pettit's a Hall of Famer. And someone made the case to me and said, well, why is it Mark Burley? And Burley has an interesting stat. His first year in the league, he didn't. He won like a couple games. After that, after his first year, from year two to the day he retired, he never had a season where he did not have a double-digit win total. I mean, that's pretty good. That's good. And he played for some pretty bad White Sox teams. So, I mean, he clearly had some talent. And I think this is where the problem with statistics comes in. The stats will tell you that Burley's up there with Pettit, Burley's up there with um, CeCe, and Burley's up there with Felix. But the perception of those four players is very different. Mm-hmm. Pettit has Hall of Fame rings still on the table and a great postseason record. CeCe has a lot of awards. He has some hardware and a really great prime. And I think it's kind of very similar to Felix. And Felix... People are going to fault him for his win total. It's like 169 wins. He played for the Mariners his entire career. Yeah. Are we going to fault him for that? I mean, wins don't mean... I hate that wins mean a lot to Hall of Fame voters. They sh- It shouldn't. Felix was a Hall of Fame-level pitcher for an extended period of time. Burley, to me, never was. I've talked to multiple people that were fans of the game of baseball at that time. None of them have said, yeah, Burley's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, I mean, he was 
you want to vote for him, sure, I see, I see the appeal more and more when I looked at the numbers. But to me, I, I would say that Pettit, Sabathia, and uh, Felix are over him if we're going to look at starters on the ballot. So I think CeCe should be in. I, to me, he should be almost slam dunk, and I, I truly believe that. Felix, I mean, kind of was part of a defining a generation. I mean, he baseball had the steroid generation, which mm-hmm. lasted into the early 2000s. Felix was the prime. His prime was in that weird spot where they're, the new generation of starters, Scherzer and Kershaw and DeGrom and those guys, he was his kind of prime was little start a little bit before that. He kind of kicked everything off of the new era. And he had a really bad drop off. He did. But he played for the Mariners. I don't blame the guy. I think he was I think he's I think he's a Hall of Famer. But that's just me. I could be it could par- partly be I saw him play. Yeah. We're now getting into guys that me and you saw play. Yeah, I mean I'm looking at the list here and you know, you mentioned a lot of guys, but Curtis Granderson? No. Russell Martin. Great player, no. No. Is there, is H- a, Hanley? Yeah, there's a lot of really fun players yeah. on next year's ballot, but what the, the, the overall point of the next year's ballot is there's maybe three new Hall of Famers on that ballot. Three. That's it. Yeah. This, that means that these holdovers, like, and Sheffield's going to be off. So that means that guys like Andrew Jones and Billy Wagner should have no problem getting in next year, in my opinion. But I think Jones may have to wait another year. But anyway, more in baseball. Roldis Chapman signed with the Pirates. Thank you, Roldis. Won us a World Series. We salute you for your service, and I still say that maybe we'll trade for you at the deadline again. Um, and <laughs> it's, they, and it's, it's concerning me, though. It is concerning me. We're losing guys, but we're not adding anyone. We're adding Wyatt Langford, potentially, and potentially Justin Foskey. I'm, so. I'm looking at the pitching side of the, of the team. Lighter, Rocker. Well, okay, Rocker's a lot. lot. Porter. I mean, we got guys coming up to the, to the pipeline just in the next few years, yeah. not right now. Hector Neris. Gotta make it happen. I, I, I love Chapman. Um, but Pirates, we can welcome him to the exper- to the Chapman experience. <laughs> um, Chapman was a guy that I always loved watching growing up. Just being enamored with the way he threw, how hard he threw as a kid. Having him on my team was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and scary. And scary, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, a lot of tums were consumed when Chapman was coming into the game, but it's okay. And for anyone still worried about Cole Reagan's number one, we won the World Series, I don't give a crap. Number two... Uh, we were not using Reagan's the way he should have been used. We were not using his slider. We were using his cutter because Mike Maddox just has a, a thing for cutters, clearly. Most everyone on our staff throws one. Uh, and he didn't really want him to the slider anymore. He goes to Kansas City. They have him throw the slider, less of the cutter, and he unlocks into a new pitcher. We were not going to do that. He was not going to fit in here. Get over it. And then Josh Hader to the Astros. I got into a really fun debate with a guy on Twitter. The guy actually's blocked me now, so I need to add him to the list of guys that have with no with no <laughs> regard of guys that have blocked me. Um he was an Astros fan. And you know me, I I take a lot I take almost everything as a as a debate. I'm gonna sure. give my argument, you give your argument, I rebut, you you know, we'd go back and forth. But I forget that other people on Twitter don't think this way. They just think of it as a you know a flame war almost, right? Well, this guy, I assume guy, on Twitter, I posted the someone posted the you know, the, the three Astros guys, Abreu, Presley, and, and Hayter, which I will admit, pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Very, it reminds me a ton of the 1990 Reds with Rob Dibble, Norm Charlton, and uh, Randy Myers, the Nasty Boys. Game was over in the sixth, game was over, game was over in the set once you got to the seventh. Very similar to that. Game's over once you get to the seventh, potentially. I mean, those are three tough relievers, mm-hmm. even though 
you know, like the Holy Stones, the Brave. Um, <laughs> and they won't have a Brave for the first two games. Mwahaha. I, I hope they lose the division by one game. And they lose both of those games, and it's so Abreu, his suspension played a part. Right. <laughs> I, I just want to be able to say it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's scary, but I posted a gif of Adolis doing the you know the hand to his ear, just because I'm not usually a troll, but it's a little fun to troll sometimes. <laughs> Occasionally, I have to troll. And this guy decided to call us little brother, shout some obscenities. The I objected to, to, to the little brother comment, and basically just sent a calm. I'm calm. I said, hey. We're not the little brother. You guys were a horrible franchise, just like us, up until 2017, till you reversed it. There's a clear flaw with my argument. You can just say, well, yeah, but since 2017, we've been one of the best teams. We've been probably the best team in baseball. Mm -hmm. What you got to say to that? Well, I got nothing to say, but he didn't say that. And he kept leveling personal insults. He never really gave an argument. Then he tried to say 2011, we choked in 10 and 11, and I said we didn't choke in 10. We lost 4 to 1. That's not really a choke. That's just a, a loss. We did choke in 11, and you forgot we—I said, and you forgot we choked in 15. Then I proceeded to list the amount of times the Astros have choked. 1980 NLCS, 1986 NLCS, where they were up 3-0 going into the top of the ninth with Mike Scott going in Game 7 and blew it in 16 innings. Um, obviously, <laughs> 2019. So I pointed out a few examples, and the guy, his response was, well, it's a good thing I wasn't alive for those other ones. Because it did, so they don't matter. I went, what do you mean? No, that's not how this works. Just because you weren't alive doesn't mean it doesn't matter to the argument. And then, so basically, he blocked me because I kept spitting facts. Because you were right. Because I was right. Yeah. I kept spitting facts. We, we were, none of us were little brother until 2017. We kicked your butt the first few years of the rivalry, then you've kicked our butt. And now we're heading into like the third chapter where we're both good and we're going to see who wins. Yeah. Anyway, just want to tell that story. Now to football. Anything else to add with baseball, no. Chase? I'm just happy Beltre was. I'm happy Beltre is. Me too. As, as someone you know, watching him growing up was a joy, yeah. true, true joy. Cowboys, keep our ranch, keep my ranch short. McCarthy's back. On one hand, I am happy because it means that you're not worried about a new coach. You're not worried about potentially. A, you're not. You know, you're not dealing with someone new. On the other hand, I don't trust McCarthy to modernize. His offense is outdated. It is. It, it, he tried to throw in some modern stuff, but he completely abandoned it against the Packers and went back to his old style, kind of West Coast, Texas Coast, whatever you want to call it, offense. And it, defenses have figured that out. They figured it out years ago. And it's not working. Yeah. Do something different. The game. It, I don't trust this coaching staff anymore. I lost complete faith in them to game plan for anything. They got away from everything that made them successful the first part of the, in the regular season. It is status quo, and status quo means, hey, we'll be competitive. At least we're competitive next year. It's the only silver lining I think Cowboys fans have had over the past 15 we'll years. I don't know if you've is, taken a look at our schedule for next year. Um, I haven't, but— It's a tough schedule. Yeah, this year was a tough schedule. Every year is a tough schedule. Yeah. It's the NFL. There's a lot, you know, the gaps No, closed. this year was not a tough schedule. I mean, the AFC East. You had the Dolphins, you had the Bills. Yeah, but, I mean— Jets defense. That's— who, who, It wasn't— it, What the, was the NFC team? What was the NFC division we faced? Oh, the, was it the no? We didn't. We, we didn't face the North. The West. We faced the West. Rams. Same, I mean, Cardinal, I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, the West was a good division. So every year is a tough year with with with, with this game. I, I, I think next next year is. I think it's the AFC, AFC North. East. Yeah, AFC no, North. It's North. Yeah, yeah. yeah, North. Which is tough. All four of those teams are tough. When healthy, yeah. Lamar scares me. Other than that, Steelers don't scare me right now. Um, we got the Texans as well. Texans. Oh, yippee! We can play them. Yes, yeah, so it's a tough schedule. It's but, tough schedule. 
We'll see. I, I trust McCarthy to win the regular season, but we'll see if the Cowboys, there are some rumblings that they're going to change, that that game basically broke them and they're going to try to change, but how many times have we heard? They're going to change their philosophy this year yeah. and then just fall flat. So I'll believe it when I see it. I'm kind of looking at this as I'm not worried about the Cowboys right now. I'm doing my draft stuff. I did. I watched Caleb Williams last night. I will do more draft stuff once the season's over. And uh, we'll start diving into players a little bit more, but I'm just I'm not, I can't I can't worry about it because if I worry about it, it's gonna be all I think about legitimately about just what are we gonna do, how are we gonna do it? like you know I'm, you you think you think I'm working for them, um for for McCarthy, I just don't trust him, I don't flat do not trust him, I don't trust Dan Quinn, the modern offenses have figured out Dan Quinn's defense. Because it's a twenty still running the Legion of Boom defense and they've they've figured it out. It's um yeah. So if we run it back with the same guys, I'm expecting the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know, way put it. Yeah. That's basically it. And um we'll see. And I think that most people are directing their attention to Jerry. And I think Brian Broadus of 1053 the fan had a great rant the other day. This was yesterday about I think the fan and I, I agree with him wholeheartedly that I don't think this is Jerry anymore. I think Jerry does a lot of the he's the he gets the credit because he's the one talking. I think this is Steven's team. Jerry's like eight, what he's 81, 80. Jerry's not running day to day anymore. He's he's not. There's no way he's not. Because Jerry used to do some wild, you know, bat crap. I wanted to say the different word, but I can't say he wanted to do some just some some crazy things. And they're, they're not, you're not seeing that anymore. You're seeing a no. lot more conservative. And that strikes me as Steven Jones. So I don't trust Steven Jones. But We'll see. Um, we'll see. We have draft picks. We may have some cast base. I do want to extend Dak. One question, and I want everyone that's listening to this, wherever you're listening to it, whether it's um, Spotify, DM me, on wherever you want, comment on YouTube. If you don't want Dak, who? That's my question. If you don't want Dak, it's the question of the day, um, kids. If you don't want Dak, who? And no, Trey Lance is not the answer. <laughs> no. If not Dak, who? Because you're not, you're not going to be able to get... Caleb Williams. There's no, one, there's no one better. You're not going to get Williams. Oh, God, no. You're not going to get Jan Daniels. You're not going to get, you know, well, let's get McCarthy. No. Well, let's get Penix. No. These, no. I'm not, you're not getting a rookie. So name me one veteran quarterback that we can get that would be better than Dak Prescott. Just a bay for Kirk Cousins. No, he's but not no, better than. He's not better. Than, he's not better than Dak. Yeah, you I can agree. you can win with Dak. I truly believe. That. I know people are going to say Brady, you're an idiot. And I know, I think it was um, RJ Choppy was trying to say that, um, you know, well, Dak, he's had so many offensive coaches and he sucks. So clearly it's the offensive coaches. And so clearly it's starting on Dak. You know, it's kind of like if all your exes are crazy, I think you're the crazy one. Mm -hmm. I think he's wrong. Look at the quality of his offensive coaches. Name me one quality offensive coach he's had. Linehan? No. Garrett? No. Kellen Moore? Maybe. Probably not. McCarthy? No. Do you want to put in Brighton Schottenheimer? It's still a no. He hasn't had one. He, zero. None. Imagine what he could do with Kyle Shanahan. <sighs> you do be MVP. I believe that. If you gave him someone from that tree that could do those things. So I believe Dak's the guy. I think the team believes Dak's the guy. Extend him. Get the cap down. The one thing I do trust Jerry and the boys to do is maneuver the cap. They're great at it. They're amazing at maneuvering the cap space. I've always been so. I trust they'll figure everything out. I just want to put the pri- the right pieces around Dak. Yeah, I mean, you. I'm not putting on all this blame on Dak at all. 
I think he's a fantastic quarterback. I want him to stay. Right. Um, I want to extend him. But he, to, in his defense, he doesn't have a run game. He doesn't have a receiving no. game. He's one, you know, he has one receiver. No, I mean, I mean, well, he has Cooks. No, listen, no, no I, Cook, I know. But listen, Cooks was, he, he disappeared a lot. That was, I don't think that was Cooks, I think that was McCarthy. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is, right? You got to put the right pieces around your quarterback for him to be successful. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to do that. And if there's no threatening run game, Pollard's a fine running back. He is. Is, is he scaring defenses? No. Not really. You put a guy like Derrick Henry this offseason behind Dak Prescott. Now that's getting defenses on the toes saying, okay, well, if yeah. you hand the ball off, we got to be scared for a 90 yard touchdown. Or you watch out for Brandon Cook, CeeDee Lamb, you know, but you got to still, you know, take in the fact that Derrick Henry's in the backfield. You got to put the right pieces around him. And that's not, and that's something that I think Jerry Jones is not understanding. Yeah. He thinks that they can, we can win with what we have. Well, that's not the answer. You have to give Dak the pieces to be successful. And I, I, I agree with that. I think the biggest thing, I think your offseason needs to be this. Upgrade the trenches. This is World War One now. This is trench warfare. I like Biotis. He's a fine center. Go get a new center. I believe Lloyd Cushenberry, excuse me, could be a free agent. I also love, I haven't watched him yet, but I've heard amazing things about Jackson, I think it's Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, the center. I've heard some incredible things. Apparently, this is a deep center draft. Again, when I get more into the draft, I can give you guys more names on who I want. The big one is Devondre Sweat from Texas. The problem is, is that we have a guy that should be that monster stop, run stopper. I don't want to draft Sweat. His name is Mozzie Smith. Do you know why Mozzie's not been effective? I do not blame Mozzie at all. One bit. I well, blame because the when he was drafted, they wanted him to lose weight? They made him lose 30 pounds. Yeah. You took away his best strength. You took away now again Michigan D linemen and I and and if you watch how they run their their defensive scheme their D linemen are none of them are fast they're, they're they're not supposed to be built on speed unless you have like a David Ojabo from a couple years ago where it's like an outside linebacker playing edge they're not built on speed their D line is supposed to be slow and hold the line of scrimmage so the linebackers can move freely I draft a linebacker and Jordan Lewis was from Michigan so clearly the, the Michigan players can work it's just a matter of. They fit into a very specific defensive scheme, and it does not fit our scheme. I like Mozzie. I think you need to give him more time. I think us as Cowboy fans, we're too quick to scrutinize him for being a first-round pick. We will see. I think you upgrade I you, you upgrade defensive line, upgrade linebacker. Please, upgrade linebacker. Uh, linebacker is bigger, I think, than defensive tackle. I think, I think Mozzie, bringing back Hankins, who said he wants to come back. Mm-hmm. I think if you can get more linebackers. I like Bell. I like Clark. But got overshone. And yeah, I love overshone, but you need that Sean Lee again. You need that Luke Keekley. You need that that you need you need the field general. You need the guy. And we have a lot of off ball guys. Overshone's an off ball linebacker. Clark Clark is an off ball linebacker. Bell is a safety converted linebacker who can play linebacker, mm-hmm. but he's off ball. He's he's not gonna be a guy that's anyway. Divisional round, you know, was a lot more entertaining. I'm super happy for the Lions, super happy for, you know, the Ravens, but I'm I'm picking Ravens Lions Super Bowl. That's what I'm picking. I think the Lions are gonna be, I think it's their team. I think it's their year, year of destiny for the Lions. And I think that the Ravens are gonna beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs don't have the talent to go toe to toe. I think the Lions Niners game's gonna be a lot better game. But I want I think I'm gonna go Ravens Lions as well. But wouldn't it be awesome is if 
the what the season ended with how it started. Chiefs Lions. Be fun. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, it'd be a cool storyline. But um, yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I'm excited. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you guys again next week about more cool cool stuff. Yeah. It'll be, be Super Bowl stuff. And Hopefully, Mavs made a trade by then. Hopefully. So, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.